0: Welcome to the Dream Center Manchester, where we trust the ministry of Pastor Tony Higginson and the team will challenge and inspire you to become the move and be the demonstration. We warmly invite you each Sunday morning to join us for our family service. But for more information, or to subscribe to our podcast, visit our website at thedreamcentre.co.uk.
1: You can tell Pastor Tony's getting older. Because he can't even remember how long we've been coming over here. <laughs> of course, I, won't, I, I better be careful. I can't call him old without pointing a finger in the wrong direction. Amen. Well, we have had a very lovely time since we've been here already. We had a great time with ADT on Friday. And for those of you that uh, are wondering, should you ever be involved in... The discipleship training program here, the answer is yes. And yes, and yes, and yes, and yes, and yes. So we had a wonderful time Friday. It is nice to be able to have my wife with me. Uh, she doesn't always get to travel with me, but this was one of those times she got to come. So for those of you that have never met my wife, this is my lovely wife, Kim. Honey, you can stand up and smile and wave. We are a marriage of faith. Yes. Uh, should I share that story? Should I, should I See, a lot of people don't know that when my wife and I got together, uh, we didn't know each other. I was her youth pastor. She was in my youth group. God came to me and told me I was going to marry her. God told her she was going to marry me, and we didn't like each other. <laughs> so this was going to be a very unique relationship. So I went to my pastor at the time, and I said... I really believe that God's told me I'm going to marry this girl. And he said, well, you can't date her. So I said, okay, we're just going to honor God. So we never dated. And then uh, after that, we had a lead pastor change. And our new pastor came in. And he said, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. You guys need to date. Well, by that point in time, we were too busy. So we never dated. So on the day that we got married, it was kind of like... Hi, I'm Lonnie. You're Kim. It's very nice to meet you. And that was as intimate as we had been. So from that point in time, God's been faithful. And uh, this year, we celebrate 35 years together. Yeah. And She's still my babe. You know, uh, I think some of us really chicked up when we got married. And so we have to keep them around. That means you did really well. You married above your class. So, uh, yeah, imagine that one. Well, it's good to see so many familiar faces and some uh, friends that have been friends for a long time. Today, I really believe, and my wife and I, it's been a unique experience. We've been believing God to send us specifically to places that are ready for a word from God. And I don't mean that in any higher exalted thing. It's just God has given us a specific word. And I want to share that with you this morning. So if you would take out your Bibles and stand with me as you turn to Amos chapter 9. Take out your Bibles, stand up, and let's go to Amos chapter 9. Verse 11 says, In that day will I raise up the tabernacle of David that is fallen and close up the breaches thereof, and I will raise up his ruins and I will build it as in the days of old. Father, today I love you so much and I thank you for the opportunities to be able to share your word at any point in time. Father, we give you the honor and glory today and I pray that every hearer who is faithful That your word, which is a powerful and incorruptible seed, will be sown deep within their heart and it will produce fruit a hundredfold. Father, we love you and we thank you for it now in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. To Pastor Tony and Carol, we just appreciate them so very much. They've been good friends and, you know, there are just a few people in ministry that you're able to open up your life to and share with, become very close with. And uh, I believe that God has granted us dear friends in them. And then, of course, there's always those that uh, uh, God spurs you on to be connected to, it seems like, for a lifetime. And um, Phil is one of those that we have been not only friends, but we're now connected as business partners. And same with Kevin over here. So uh, we appreciate uh, what they do, and God's doing great things there. So we appreciate uh, this house uh, tremendously. All right, let's get into the word today. Now, as I mentioned, I believe that this is a very unique time. I know it's unique for my wife and I because it's the first time in 38 years that we've not been connected to the local church as staff. Now, we've been in ministry 38 years, and when you think about, or at least I have, she she was in my youth group, (laughs) but for 38 years, I've always been connected to the local church in a position of some way. And this last November, for the first time in our time of ministry, God has separated us. And I don't mean separated us from attending a local church. We still attend. We're very much a part of. We're just not on staff. Does that make sense? I don't want to give the wrong impression that God takes you out of the house at any time. God does not do that. He has you planted in the house because those that are planted in the house, they're the ones that grow. So you've got to be planted, you've got to be rooted so that God can do something supernatural in your life. If you want the power of God, you've got to be connected in a way that God honors. And He honors His house, He honors the men of God that He puts you under, and He does so for a purpose and a reason. So when I say that we're separated, what I mean is that we're no longer in a staff position at a local church. And God has now called us in such a way to be a part of uh, and go out into the world and deliver a message that I believe is for today, that I believe is very transforming in the heart of any church. But our prayer has been similar to that of Moses in Exodus thirty-three, fifteen. If you're not going with us, if your power, if your presence isn't going with us, stop this trip right now. And you'd be surprised. I have never had so much... Direction like this as we're going through right now. God just say, You go here, not here. Close that door, close that door, open this door. But I'll tell you what, if you're open to the leading of the Holy Spirit, you'll find that He will take you places you never expected to go. And sometimes our our plans, what God has for us, the way we see it, gets changed. Because when you hear from God, how many of you know you interpret it through your own filters? what you're going through at the time, what you're dealing with, and you hear God's word, and you say, oh, I know exactly what that is. And then 20 years later, you go, I didn't have a clue what that was. Now I understand what it is that God was saying to me. So I would just caution you as you're following God, be open to wherever He takes you, and don't try to figure it out. Isn't that Proverbs 3, 5, and 6? Don't lean to your own understanding, but in all your ways, you just acknowledge Him and let Him direct your path. Well, I'm believing that today is going to be a powerful day. Powerful day in the spirit of God manifesting himself through whatever it is that he wants to do. And I believe that this will also be a time, even in the history of Dream Center, that you'll be able to point to and say, I remember when. You see, God has landmarks. He has certain things that take place in time where all of a sudden something changes. Now, hear me. It doesn't mean that there's something that's needed in the spirit. You guys are open to the spirit. You guys flow in the spirit. Um, I, I told Pastor Tony, one of my favorite CDs is the one that you guys did a while back because you can tell that the music is birthed in the spirit. And you love that. So please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not saying that God's trying to open something you don't have. He's trying to add to what has already taken place and to enhance and to bring understanding to where you are at the same time. So I believe that today will be a word of encouragement as well. Now, according to the scripture in Amos chapter 9, there are three things that are going to be accomplished. First, there is a raising. Everybody say, there is a raising. A raising. And the word of God says that God will raise the tabernacle of David. Second, there is a closing. Say, there is a closing. God himself will close the breaches. In other words, he's rebuilding the wall. Now hear me carefully. Walls were, were built to keep the enemy out. The enemy is not people. See, there is a wide open gate for people to come into the things of God in the house of God. But God is restoring the wall where the enemy no longer has access the way that he's had in the past. And I'm talking about the church universal the church as a whole that will receive the word of the Lord. Third, there is a building. And that building is that God himself will build the, tab- uh, the tabernacle as in the days of old. Now, you need to understand something about that statement. When God says, I'll do it as in the days of old, it doesn't mean I'm going back to the past. The days of old in the Hebrew and in the Greek, when you see it echoed in Acts chapter 15, what it literally means is I'm going to show you things that have been concealed. So God is taking not just the things of the past, that are a foundation or just things that we think we're going to, he will show us things that we've never considered before. Things that have not been concealed, not revealed. But isn't that what the word says that he'll bring us into all understanding and knowledge and revelation. And I believe that's what he wants to do even in this day. So if God's going to raise up the tabernacle of David, I think it's important that we understand what the tabernacle of David really is. Now, The tabernacle of David was where the Ark of the Covenant was placed. It was in this tabernacle. And the Ark of the Covenant was symbolic of God's presence with his people. So when God says, I'm going to raise up the tabernacle of David again, what he is saying is, I want to have such a presence with you that it's not just you coming and it's not just me coming, but there is a relationship. There's a presence that, that comes. And I, I thought so many times during praise and worship, Pastor Tony was going to preach my entire message. You know, just being in the presence of God, having that relationship with Him, that you come together and God says, I want to be in your midst. And the Ark of the Covenant symbolized God's presence with His people. Now, in the Ark of the Covenant, there were three things that were housed. And it's important to understand these. First, if you look at Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 4, it it lays out those three items. Having the golden altar of incense, the ark of the covenant covered on all sides with gold, in which was the golden urn holding manna, and Aaron's staff that budded, and the tablets of the covenant. So the three things that are in the ark of the covenant is number one, the bowl of manna, which represents God's provision. God provided for His people. He is Jehovah-Jireh. He takes care of us. He makes sure that we have whatever we need. By the way, in Psalm 23, when it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. It literally means this, that you are so taken care of, you're at peace. You're at rest. For anybody that's ever worked with sheep, you know that sheep will not lay down unless their next meal is taken care of. And so it is with us. Isn't it amazing that God compared us to sheep? And we just we can panic that fast. And I remember a, a missions trip to Africa and we were going um, through this area in Africa. And I mean, you gotta understand, I'm not when I talk we're going down a road, I'm talking about grass that had been beaten down more than others. Right? It's just a field, and we're going down, and, we're, and there's a shepherd, and he's got some sheep off to the left-hand side. They're in no danger. We're not going to come close to them. We're not even going to be semi-close to them, right? They're just grazing. They're having a great old time. But one sheep lifts its head and sees our vehicle. And instead of just grazing, panics. Now, you got to understand, he's way over here. He's in no danger. So what does he do? He takes off running. And where does he run? Directly took the perfect angle. If you were playing football, he had the perfect angle to cut us off. And he went and he started running as fast as he could. All the other sheep What do they do? They look up. They assume he knows something they don't. So they start running. Now the whole flock is in danger because of one stupid sheep. I've pastored for 38 years. I've seen some dumb sheep. I've seen some run when there's no reason to run, but they just take off and run, and then all the others go, they must know something I don't. No, that's a stupid sheep. Don't follow stupid sheep. And if you never got anything else out of this message, get that. Don't Just don't follow stupid sheep. But... God help us. God provides for us and takes care of us. The second item Aaron's rod that budded was symbolic of God's authority. Number 1710 says, And the Lord said to Moses, Put back the staff of Aaron before the testimony to be kept as a sign for the rebels that you may make an end of their grumblings against me lest they die. God said this is to be a sign and a symbol forever. Forever. Of those that rebelled against me and my authority. Now, when you think of the children of Israel, here is a, a mighty nation, people coming, and imagine them going around Sinai, and Moses is gonna go up the mountain, he's gonna get the Ten Commandments. He's only up there 40 days. Do you realize that within three weeks, the people forgot why they were there? Three weeks, and they're like, none of this is working. We need a real God. So they go to Aaron and say, make us a God. And what does Aaron do? Out, out comes this cow. I don't know how it happened. We just took off our earrings, threw it in the fire, and out came a cow. Right? They rebelled against the authority of God. And it led to the destruction of many of them. And the third thing that was in the Ark of the Covenant were the Ten Commandments. That was very symbolic of God's covenant with man. God desires to have relationship with us. And his word is not given to us to hurt us or to harm us. His word is given because he understands how he made us. You know, I often use the illustration. If you have a a car, you don't put water in the gas tank. Why? It's not going to work. It's not going to run. It's not going to do anything. You know, you don't want to do that. You don't want to put oil in the gas tank. You don't put water in there. You want to put water where the oil belongs. Everything has a place. And if you don't know anything about your car, get out the owner's manual and read it. And, men, I want you to hear me. We have a tougher time doing this. Our wives are excellent about reading instructions and things like that. But we we know it all. We don't ask for directions. We don't read the book. We know how it's going to work. We just do it until we're so frustrated that we ask our wives to. no. <laughs> But we've got to know God's Word. We've got to know exactly what it is. Now, here's what I love about the Ark of the Covenant. The lid that was on the Ark of the Covenant is called the mercy seat. And do you realize that when Jesus was crucified, the final sacrifice, the blood that was applied to the mercy seat, once and for all covered our rebellion, covered our rejection of God's provision, Covered our rejection of his covenant. It took care of everything once and for all. And God said, I'm going to raise up the tabernacle of David. Where you are once again in my presence. Sin doesn't have hold of you. Rebellion won't have hold of you. None of this is going to take authority over you. Because I'm the one that's raising it up. In the tabernacle of David, there were two offerings that we see that were lift, uh, given. One was a burnt offering and one was a peace offering. You find them in 2 Samuel chapter 6, 18-19, in 1 Chronicles 16, 1-3. And suffice it to say that Jesus became the ultimate sacrifice, fulfilling all of it for us. It's through him that the price for sin was paid and that we can be at peace. Remember what Isaiah 53 says, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. So Jesus became all of this for us. And When you look at this, there is a thanksgiving that rises in the tabernacle of David. The tabernacle of David is unique. It's different from the tabernacle of Moses and it's different from the temple. Because out of the tabernacle of David rose a praise and relationship with God. And I believe this, that there has been an attack upon the worship of the church. It's subtle and it's deceptive. It sounds good, it's easy to sing. But it's void of the word and the power of God. And so, when I come into a place such as the Dream Center, where the songs are birthed in the house, they rise up here, they're full of the Word of God, they're scripturally sound. I know that God is about to do something supernatural because the tabernacle of David was one that just emanated with the power of God through music. And so I believe that in this day, what God wants to do in in raising up the tabernacle of David is to restore praise and worship to a degree that it has never been seen before. David was a great psalmist, but I believe that what God is going to do today will far exceed what David did. Not because David's wasn't good. David's is the word of God. You hear his psalms. I'm not saying what we're doing is going to be that equivalent, but because of the mass amount that will be coming out, that will inspire people, that you can take that song and sing it immediately when you leave. I mean, there's something about it that it gets into your spirit, and you can't get it out of your head. That's because it was never in your head. It originated in here, and it's coming out, and it just keeps... mm, It's like that fresh fragrance. That sweet smelling savor unto the Lord. I recognize that. Those are my people. It's not just a song. It's something that is very precious to God. The other thing that we see in Isaiah 16 verse 5, it says, Then the throne will be established in steadfast love, And on it will sit in faithfulness in the tent of David, one who judges and seeks justice and is swift to do righteousness. So in this tabernacle that God is setting up, there will be a seat of power, a throne if you will, and there's one that sits upon it. We know that Jesus is the one that became that for all of us. But it's established in love. Now hear me very carefully. I believe in holiness and righteousness, but in the world, they don't recognize it. Why? This is not their book. The Bible is not their guide. And the church has excelled at telling the world where they've missed God's word. They don't care. That's not important to them the more you tell them how much they've messed up and and, and have gone contrary to God's word, the more you alienate them because they don't care about that book. What are they looking for? Love. Love me. Show me you care. And in this tabernacle of David, God is rising up a body that is so full of love. When people walk through the door, regardless of their background, they know of a certainty that they're loved, that they're accepted, that no matter where they've been, no matter what they've done, it dropped off at the door. That God loves them. And then when you leave these doors, that same spirit goes with you. Not one of condemnation. Let the Holy Spirit convict somebody. The Holy Spirit is very good at convicting people. But he'll do it through the way that you love them. And there is a king sitting upon the throne. His name is Jesus. And he is going to operate in ultimate love. Steadfast love. On that throne sits faithfulness. I mean, think about the faithfulness of God. Even when we're unfaithful, the word says he remains faithful because he cannot disown himself. Wow, what a powerful statement. When I have been at my worst and I've let God down, God remained faithful because he said, I can't let me down. Because he could swear by none greater, he swore by himself. When he cut this covenant, he cut this covenant with himself and he said, I'm the one that will ensure it comes to pass. thank you Jesus the last thing of this throne in the tabernacle of David is one that is swift to do righteousness I want you to underline that word circle it whatever you have to do swift the reason I want you to see that is because time frames in the Bible are important but sometimes they escape our natural understanding. For example, Jesus said, I'm coming soon. We know that soon's at least 2,000 years. <laughs> so if I told my wife I'll be home soon, and I showed up in 2,000 years, <laughs> you know, we might have a problem. So sometimes interpreting what God said in the terminology is important. That's why I want to show you some specifics today. And the last thing is God is restoring his people to himself in revelation knowledge with a prophetic blade that will cut through the fog of societal norms. Hear me, we are too familiar oftentimes with what is going on in society by not wanting to offend anybody. You don't have to be offensive to love somebody. Your love will offend them. The Bible is offensive by itself. Okay. Don't try and offend people with it. All you have to do is stand for what's right. In the early days of the church, people were trying to figure out, are you of this sect or this sect? Are you on the left? Are you on the right? Isn't it amazing today how even our politics wants to divide us left and right? Are you this way or this way? But the church rose up as what was known the third way. And later became simply known as the way. That's where we are, church. We must not be and be allowed to be pulled or swayed one way or the other. We are the ones that have truth. There's only one immutable thing. It's the word of God. It never changes. It's the standard that doesn't change. No matter how much somebody else might like to make things change, the word doesn't change. It's set. The psalmist said, your word is settled forever in the heavens, O Lord. So it's settled. Well, yeah, but we just think you have to allow for these things. No, you don't. Don't allow to compromise in any way. The moment you begin to compromise what the word says, don't be surprised when miracles no longer flow. Don't be surprised when the power of God isn't manifested in your home, when your grandchild needs a touch, when you've been waiting for 11 years for a baby to manifest. You've got to know of a certainty that God's word is sure and true because if you allow it to compromise in one way, before long, you'll compromise it in every way. Not only is he raising it up, he said this, I will breach. I'm going to repair that which has been breached. You see, I believe that God is going to possess the land in a way that's never been seen. In verse 12, Amos 9, 12, it says, that they may possess the remnant of Edom and of all the heathen which are called by my name. Now, that's a strange statement. All the heathen that are called by my name. You know, God's out there calling everybody. He wants them to come and he says, I'm going to give you the ability to possess that which the world has only had. You'll have it. think about that god's creative god wants to bring everything that the world would like to have and make it possessed by the house of god microsoft and windows wasn't developed so that people could surf porn on the internet It is a tool, and think what the church can do by spreading the gospel. It's time for us to possess the land, to take back those things that the enemy has tried to use for himself. We are to take our rightful place in possessing all that God has for us. Acts 15, verse 5, I want you to turn here. Acts 15, beginning with verse 15, excuse me, 15, 15. And with this, the word of the prophets agree, just as it is written. After this, I will return and I will rebuild the tent of David that has fallen. I will rebuild its ruins and I will restore it. Who are they quoting here? They're quoting Amos. James is quoting Amos. This is what he is saying. I want you to hear, and he's saying, I need you to hear what the prophet says, that the remnant of mankind may seek the Lord, and all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who make these things known from old. Now, I love this. Known from old. Remember what that means. It means I'm going to reveal that which has been concealed. If we as a church will put ourselves in a place to hear from God, if we'll put ourselves in a place to be a part of the tabernacle of David, that restoration, then God said, I will reveal to you what has been concealed. Do you know that God can move in a moment and change the environment of a city? Just in a moment. God can give you an idea in a moment that will change your life forever. But we've got to be in a place and in a position to where we can hear from him because he wants to reveal that which has been concealed. That which is of old. I love what Pastor Tony said this morning. I've actually got it in my notes. I said the time of doing church is really over. It's time of being the church. It's what he said this morning during praise. I said, what? It's not a time just to do church. It's not a time to show up on Sunday and do church. And when I walked in here, I knew this was not a place that does church. You are the church. You're excited about what God is doing. Listen, that is not the case. Everywhere that we go, I have been, and we get the opportunity to go all over the world. I was able to do it as a pastor, but I'm able to do it now. And I go into places, and there are places that I go I just want to get out of. I'll preach, God, I'm going to deliver your word. I'll give it my best. But I don't know that this is ready. That's why my prayer in this year has been, only take me where your presence is. Only take me where this is going to be supernatural. I don't want anything but you in this moment, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Not sure how I did that, but I just took my whole notes and shut them off. Got too excited about Pastor Tony was saying earlier. We're to possess this land. Jesus made it clear in John chapter 4, verses 34 through 40, uh, 36. And turn over there if you will. We're not supposed to say four months until harvest. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do you not say there are yet four months, then comes the harvest? Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see the fields are white for harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life so that sower and reaper may rejoice together. Now, we know that Genesis 8.22 says this, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest will never cease. There's a time to plant. There's a time to sow. You know, all of that is powerful. But there's a time to reap. There's a time. And God is bringing those time frames together. Let me show you. Back to Amos chapter 9, verses 13 through 15. It said, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that the plowman shall overtake the reaper. The treader of grapes, him that soweth the seed. And the mountains shall drop sweet wine and the hills shall melt. In other words, what he's saying is when you sow, you're going to be right on the heels of reaping and the reaper's right on the heels of sowing. They're coming like this. Don't say four months. We get in our mind, we're going to sow seed today We really don't know when that harvest is going to come. And especially in a spiritual sense, many of you have sown seeds for years. And you don't know when the harvest is coming. I'm here to tell you that you are in that time frame where the tabernacle of David has been raised up. And it will be a time where you sow now and you reap now. It's not going to be reaping Way off in the future. Well, God, I don't know when you're going to do this, but I'm going to sow seed believing and I'm going to hang on to the promise. God is saying the sowing and the reaping are coming together. It's a sped up time frame. Don't say anymore four months and then this. Say today. Today is my day of promise. Today is my day for the miracles of God. Today is my day. I have sown in tears. I have sown in prayer. I have sown financially. I've sown whatever your sowing is. Today is the day of reaping. So it is is now that God is saying, I want you to understand, it's not just what it has been in the past. I'm revealing to you things that have been concealed. You've seen through a glass darkly. But now I want you to see clearly. Let your expectation be, I sow and I reap. I sow and I reap. Why? God's raising up the tabernacle of David. Yeah, but there's an enemy out there. No, no, no. He's restoring the the wall that's been breached. The enemy's not going to come in and stop this harvest. You can't. Remember, God said, I'm restoring. He didn't say, it's up to you at all. He said, I'm doing this. So it's not up to you whether it gets restored. God just said, This is what I'm doing. He also said, I'm restoring the walls that have been breached, I'm doing it, I'm repairing the holes. It's not you repairing the holes. We can look at our life and go, look at all the holes in my life. I don't know if I can ever get over I've got to renew my mind. Yeah, that's all great. We're growing. We're maturing in God. And yes, we need to do that. But that is not what restores the breach. God does that. God is the one that's establishing his throne. See, I love this passage of scripture that Amos was giving to us through prophetic words. He's saying, you have to understand, after God went through destroying, I mean, he was angry with Israel because of their sin, because of the things they'd been through. And he said, but I want you to know, I don't need you to do what I'm about to do. I'm going to do this. It doesn't depend on you. See, now, much in our lives depends on what we do. Don't misunderstand me. But what I'm talking about with the tabernacle of David does not depend on you. God is doing this, and he's doing it for a people that are ready to receive. Yes. Amen. Well, I'll tell you what, when I started just meditating and studying on this, it started to separate my head from my shoulders. To God, how well, I, I want to be a man of faith. I want to believe you. I want to, I want to do all these things right. And God says, then do them right. But understand that what I'm saying here, son, doesn't depend on you. Yeah. Or it would never get done. Because me on my best day, at the end of the day, could easily rack up failure. But God said, this isn't dependent on you. I'm creating an atmosphere that you can dwell in. I'm creating a space that belongs to you. And it's not dependent on you. It's dependent on me. And the work that was accomplished at the cross. Mm. The sower and the reaper. The sower and the reaper. On the heels of one another. Coming just as fast as we could think or imagine. Verse 14, he says, And I will bring again the captivity of my people of Israel. And they shall build the way cities. Now what did God do? God restored the tabernacle. What do we do? We build the way cities. Why? Because we're coming out of an atmosphere to where we've already seen God do what He wants us to do. We saw Him restore the tabernacle. We saw Him stop the works of the enemy. We see Him establishing a throne of righteousness. And he says, now you can do that. You can go out and do what you've just seen me do. You take the wasted cities. You take what the world has tried to destroy. And how does the world destroy something? They compromise God's word. They begin to call right wrong. They call wrong right. They call sin acceptable. And it isn't. We don't go out and declare they're sinning. We go out and declare the love. Remember, God could have looked at us in the restoration of the tabernacle and said, but you're full of sin, so I'm not going to do it. No, he said, I'm doing this regardless of where you're at. That's what we do. We walk through those doors and we're going to declare the love of God regardless of where they're at. I don't have to point out their faults, their flaws, their sin, because I'd have to point out mine. But I can declare the mercy of the Lord. I know what that Ark of the Covenant did. I know what the mercy seat did. It covered over to where God looks down at the rebellion. He looks down at the rejection that that the people had for Him. They rejected everything about Him. And He says, all I see is the blood. And when we look out to the world, don't see their rejection of God. Don't see their sin. Don't see their rebellion see the blood of Jesus that was shed for them, the love of God shed abroad in our hearts that we can give to them. There's a very unique phenomenon happening in our lives right now. My second son is running for mayor in our city. And people don't know what to think of him. Because... He was a pastor for a long time, praise and worship leader. My oldest son is the lead pastor. He was the associate. He led praise and worship. Then he started his own business about nine years ago. He's been a businessman, very successful in business. And he's running for mayor. But he has friends on both sides of the aisle, if you will. Now hear me very carefully because I'm going to say this as delicately as I can. He has a tremendous following in the gay community. They love him. But they also know he despises their lifestyle. How, how How do you reconcile that? That's God being able to go into an environment and say, I can love you in the midst of what is wrong, and they embrace him. Think about that. They're embracing an individual that openly declares their lifestyle is wrong. But they love him because he truly loves them. He doesn't come down and condemn their sin He loves them to show him Jesus. And one of them recently told him, he said, you know what? We've had a lot of Christians condemn us, but you're the first one that actually loved us. Think about that. You know know why that is? Because it's so much easier to condemn. Because most of the time we do it out of our own guilt and shame. But people who've been forgiven know how to forgive. People who've had their faults overlooked know how to overlook other people's faults. The tabernacle of David, this atmosphere that we're in, will allow us to go out and change the world. You know, in the Word of God, it said you will dwell in homes you didn't build. And, and some, the part of the curse of Deuteronomy says that others will dwell in houses that you built. But I love what Amos says. You'll not only build it, you'll dwell in it. You'll not only plant it, you'll reap. That's the time frame we're in, church. That's the time frame I believe Dream Center's in. See, this may come at different times for different places when they're ready to have an atmosphere for God. But I believe the reason that God has sent us to this place for this time is that you're ready and have developed an atmosphere of the tabernacle of David. To say, time frames are now. Pastor, the time frames are now. You sow and you reap instantaneously. Sow, reap, sow, reap. Let your expectation be that. Don't excuse it away. Don't say, well, I prayed and nothing happened. Maybe God, stop. Have an expectation right now. Right now. The miracles today. The miracles right now. My time frames right now. God, do what you want to do right now. Give me insight right now. Give me wisdom right now. Don't say, well, what happened to patience? What happened? Listen, we've been patient. (laughs) Why did patience start today? It's not a quality that you have to start to, it's a quality we've been walking in patience for, for years since the crucifixion of Jesus. But there comes a time to reap, church, and right now's it. Why there's a world that needs Jesus. And all we have to do is look around us. All you have to do is turn on the news to see all the stuff that's going on. I can't help but believe that the return of Jesus is closer now than it's ever been. Whether we'll see the return of Jesus in our lifetime or not, I don't know. But what I do know is that until He comes, I'm going to work today as if it were my last day on planet Earth. I'm going to share the gospel today as if I didn't have another opportunity because it's that urgent. If we truly believe that we're going to reap and sow at the same time, then we have to believe that it's good for us today. You see, Ephesians says this, that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you were to ask or think according to the power that's at work within you. If there's power working in you, God's able to do far more than what you could ever ask or think or imagine. Now, I haven't met any pastor yet that can't imagine wild things. And we've got, woo! we can do this, and we can do this, and we can do this. And God says, too small. If you can think it, it's too small. If you can imagine it, it's too small. Pastor stands up here and says, church, I believe we're going to do this. And some people go, oh, how's that going to get done? See, people oftentimes, when we're not in the tabernacle of David, we go, I don't see how that's going to get done. God says, too small. You see the difference? When pastor gets up and says, we're going to do this, what should our response be? Too small. You need to start thinking like God. Too small. God's able to do far more than you can see, pastor. He's able to do exceeding abundantly above. Man, I can see Bible colleges. I can see nations. I can see... And God says, too small. What can you see in your life? Too small. I'm going to do this. Too small. Doesn't mean you can't do that, but don't limit yourself to that. You can do whatever you want. But don't limit yourself because God's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think according to the power that's at work within you. That means get the power working in you. The power is the power of the Holy Spirit. You get the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, that dunamis power, that miracle working power that goes to work. In ADT Friday, what do we talk about? The three types of power of God. The exousia, the dunamis, and the kratos. See, we love the exousia, we love the dunamis, but God's bringing us into this this era of kratos where you're walking with the Father to where you have absolute dominion. You speak and the elements, obey you. You look at the rain, you say, stop, I'm from Spokane, I don't want this rain. It will shine today in the name of Jesus. I'm going to have a sunny day, it's going to be a glorious day. You've got enough rain already. Rain stop. Sun appear. You take dominion. Yes. Yes. Amen. Somebody's getting it now. Glory to God. Oh, what a blessing to come into the house of God where people are excited about the things of God. Tabernacle of David being restored. So much in my heart that I'd love to give you, but I know I can't open a can of worms and leave. So, what I want to leave with you today is know that you are in the right place at the right time to do the right things right. I call them the four rights of success. you got to be in the right place at the right time doing the right things right. If you're in the right place at the wrong time doing the right things right, it doesn't work. If you're in the right place at the right time doing the wrong things right, it's not going to work. If you're in the right place at the right time doing the right things wrong, it's not going to work. And if you're in the wrong place at the right time doing the right things right, it's not going to work. you got to have the four rights put together. If you want to declare your rights, make those your rights. I'm going to be in the right place. Do you think that the Dream Center is the right place? Yeah, I I guarantee you it is. I'm going to be in the right place at the right time. What better time than to hear the word of the Lord, Amos? This is the time. Don't say four months. No, it's the right time. Doing the right things. What's the right things? Whatever God said, do. What did He place on your heart? Did he tell you to go visit that person? Go visit them. When? Today. Don't say four months. Say today. Well, I've got this thing. There's this, I've been believing God for this. Then go do what he said. Be obedient and watch. Listen, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All the things will be added to you. Stop going after the things in your life and start going after the things that are important to God. God will take care of your things. I've got this son that needs Jesus. Well, then go minister to somebody else's son that needs Jesus. God will bring somebody along to your son. Man, I'm excited for you. And I count it an honor to be able to share this word with you this morning. Why don't we stand together? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I have endeavored to share what you placed upon my heart. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are so much better than I am. That you will take this word. That you will implant it deep within the heart. You will bring revelation, knowledge because of who you are. That Father, this will make a difference in the hearts, lives, and minds of people. That you are raising up the tabernacle of David because you desire to be in fellowship. To have... That relationship with your people. You have a place where the enemy cannot storm through. You have a place where your presence will be there. Where we lift up holy hands. Where we're worshiping you. We're honoring you in truth and righteousness. Where you're seated upon the throne with love and justice. Thank you, mighty God. We love you so much and thank you for this time we have together. Oh, just lift your voices and begin to praise him. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Let your name be exalted. Thank you, Jesus, in this place right now. De la morion de roboshi, kitty and eleme catala morion de romo. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Toro marieta la bashi kedata la morion de roboshi. Toro boriondo robocurian de la meshi kitty and de la Tolo morion de la meshi kittyate. Now for some of you in here this morning, you've been standing and believing for a long time for some issues. Today, let today be your day of answered promises. Let today be your day of God coming through supernaturally. If you're here this morning, and you've been diagnosed with something that the doctor said was incurable, okay, that might be the report of men, but the report of the Lord is that you were healed at the cross 2,000 years ago. So if you're here and you've had some sickness in your body, I want you just to come up here very quickly. We're going to lay hands on you. We're going to pray. Believe God. Today's your day of absolute deliverance. Thank you, Jesus. Today's your day. The sowing and reaping come together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Pastor Tony, please come join me and and Carol, and I'm going to have my wife come as well and join. We're going to pray with you. Understand, in the tabernacle of David, you're not looking to a man or one person to come and lay hands on you and it'll be done. The presence of the Lord is here. And in the tabernacle of David, he's the only one that matters. He's the one that is the healer. He's the one that is the deliverer. He's the one that loves you. He's the one that cares for you. He's the one that is restoring everything. He's the one that's telling the enemy you have no place here. He's the one that does all of that. We simply get to walk in and receive his goodness. So with that in mind, it's not important that I know what you're standing and believing for. Because he already does. But what I will be is faithful, and we're going to be faithful. We will lay hands upon you. We will pray because I believe in the impartation that become that comes through agreement. And so as we lay hands on you, we're standing in agreement with the word of God that what God has said about you and your life will come to pass. If you need a healing in your body, today is your day. If you need deliverance in any way, today is your day. If you, whatever you're looking for, whatever you need, today is your day in the Amen. tabernacle of David. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Father, in the name of Jesus, you see these that are standing before you, each one bringing a need. And Father, we stand in agreement with your word and thank you today for the power manifested in their lives. Father, today, let it be a day of miracles. A day, Father, that we, we know of a surety that today is our time to receive. Thank you, mighty God. Thank you, mighty God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Thank you for your word today, mighty God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank, Thank you, you, Jesus. Peter. Things that have been called impossible... Just a walk for you. We thank you that there is nothing impossible in you, Jesus. Let me read this
0: to you, church, as you've been prayed for. Then the father realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus said to him, Your son will live. The father speaks and the son performed. And then he says this, so he and his household believed. Believe today, you and your household, as you come to the front for prayer. The father spoke, the sons performed, you believe. The father spoke, the son performed, now you believe. And this was the second miracle sign that Jesus performed, having come from Judea to Galilee. And he said, your son will live, and and he believed. Your sickness will disappear. Believe. The Father's spoken. The Son has performed. Now you must believe. Amen? So as we pray, don't have to strive for it. Just receive. In Jesus' name. Thank you,
1: Jesus. Now, if there's anybody here today that would say, I've never made Jesus Christ Lord of my life, I don't know everybody in here, so I don't want to make an assumption that everybody is born again. But if you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, but you'd say, Pastor, today I want to. I want to know of a surety that if Jesus returned today, I'm going with him. I want you just to raise your hand, slip it up very quickly and say, that's me, I've never made Jesus Christ Lord of my life. Just slip your hand up. I want to pray with you. for I don't want to miss anybody in any way. Thank you, Jesus. If you've never been baptized with the Holy Spirit, speaking with other tongues, guess what? Today's your day. And if you're in that boat and would say, that's me, I, I, want, I want that relationship with Jesus. I want that supernatural outpouring in my life. If that's you, I want you just to come on up. We'll pray with you. We'll believe with you because I believe that today is your day. We've prayed for people to be healed. We've prayed for people to be delivered. But we can also pray and, and agree with you. That the baptism of the Holy Spirit is yours. So if there's anybody in that situation you'd like us to pray with you, come on up. We'll pray. This is a time where we're just going to honor the King in whatever it takes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Looks like everybody's born again. Baptized with the Holy Ghost. Guess what that means? As soon as you leave those doors, you enter your mission field. You've got a work to fulfill. The tabernacle of David is yours. Now you can rise up. Do whatever you so desire, sowing and reaping on the heels of one another. Amen. Amen.
0: I know some of you just came out then. You didn't feel you were prayed for. You were prayed over. You've got to understand, church, that when, when we minister like this and we bring you to the front, I don't need to come up and do this and do this and do this. I sense some of you walk back and said, well, he didn't pray for me. He prayed over. He prayed over. Well, no one touched me. No, let the word touch you. Amen. Believe. Amen. Believe. And he went back to his household. The moment the word was spoken, he went back to his household and found out. It was at that exact time yes. that I came into agreement. Yes, the man said healing. I need healing. I came to the front. But he never touched me. But the word came. Yes. And I came into alignment with it. So therefore, I can believe that by the time I go home, I'll be healed. Yes. You don't always... Oh, come on, we've taught you long enough. You don't always have to have someone teach you, uh, t- touch you. You draw from the word. Amen. So raise those only hands now, if you will. Father, let every word, let every word that has been heard, let it be retained in Jesus' name. Father, let it be matured, so it can ultimately become multiplied. Father, we thank you for your word today, that we will sow and reap in the same day. We will not keep saying, four more months Six more years, five more days, Father. We're going to enter in now, in Jesus' name, Amen. to the sowing and reaping of the Spirit. Father, you told us to stand up; we stood up. You told us to step in. You told us to stand upon. Until Father, I believe there's an until moment is about to break loose over this house, and the sowing and reaping, the the gap is going to be get shortened. Yes, Father, where it will be and now. The moment we sow, we reap. The moment we reap, we sow. Father, this will become a new continuous move in your people. So let the seeds that have been sown in you today, let them become a harvest right now. In Jesus' name. And the people of God said? Amen. Amen. Lord bless you. (laughs) Thank you, my friend. It's good when the word of the Lord comes to us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's good when the word of the Lord comes to us you know church you, you want to be really thankful though, what God's doing in this place it's not only this place God's doing things but you want to be thankful that God is doing something in this place and we've said many many times the word something's banned in this place it has to be defined the word something can be ambiguous we know what God's doing amongst us So therefore, we work with what God's doing. You can never work with something. Something's too vague. Define something. Define it so you can step into it. Ah, no, God's just doing something. Well, find out what something is. Partner with him. Amen? So, he's not doing something. We know what he's doing. Amen? So, Father, I pray a blessing. May the... May the fellowship of our Lord Jesus Christ be upon your people now and forevermore. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen. God bless you all.